Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. We have our Every Day is Earth Day segment. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where you're part owner. Member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. And for Every Day is Earth Day today, we've got a special guest. Her name is Laura Marsala Peterson. Good morning, Laura. Hi there. Thanks for Laura, you are the director of the Living Earth Center here in Mankato, and you haven't been doing it for a real long time. Uh, well, it's been about five years now. Oh, has now. it been that it's long? It's been five years. Oh, my gosh. I know. Well, the pandemic shifts everything, yeah, right? Like, our, it's it's been a little bit of a time warp, but I've been the executive director there for going on, yeah, a little more than five years now. What oh. is the Living Earth Center, for those who've never heard of that yeah. before? Oh, uh, so the Living Earth Center is a local nonprofit uh, that really focuses on the concept of cultivating relationships. And we, we say that cultivating relationships uh, in the sense of, uh, you know, cultivating relationships with each other, but also culti- cultivating relationships with the land. And so what we do is we run one of the largest uh, community gardens that's located um, up at Good Council Hill, uh, the former property of the School Sisters of Notre Dame. Um, and then we also partner with Blue Earth County uh, and we run uh, the commu- Blue Earth County Community Farm. And we have a new project that we're working on, I'm really excited about, where we are part partnering with the Homestead Apartment Complex here in Mankato to be able to uh, uh, start a community garden there as well. So we're in the business of cultivating food and cultivating connection and relationship with the land, which fits right in with what we're talking about. Right. And you are very careful about how you are doing this relationship with the earth, wanting to preserve it and make sure it's a good, healthy relationship, not throwing a bunch of chemicals down. Isn't that kind of how you you exist in terms of wanting to really focus in on what's good, what's best? Um, Well, so one of the the biggest things that we promote uh, at all of our community growing spaces is a a positive and healthy relationship with the land. So all of our spaces are organic, um, meaning that we don't allow any pesticides or herbicides. Um, We also encourage a lot of uh, what we would call regenerative practices uh, within a lot of our growing spaces, uh, trying to figure out creative ways to promote the soil, uh, to be in healthy relationship with the ecosystems that are around us. Um, And so sometimes that can be, you know, it's a creative process. And and we work with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. um, and, And so it's kind of everybody coming together to figure out ways that we can be healthy. Um, and, and that includes healthy eating as well. We know that whatever we're growing goes into our bodies. Um, and so we want to make sure that if that's the case, we're, we're not putting a lot of chemicals and, and things that maybe aren't helpful for our bodies um, on our food. Now, there have been changes up on Good Council Hill because the nuns have sold the property yep. and it's, it's being transferred. And how does that impact what the Living Earth Center does and will it 
be changing in the future? It it doesn't impact anything at the at the moment. Okay. Um, you know, we're we're in uh, the kind of the beginning of our growing season this year. Um, and so we're we're going to be able to continue to stay there uh, for for at least the time being. Um, what we do know is that we want to figure out ways of integrating more within the community, and so we are kind of refiguring what a, a creative relationship would look like to develop more community growing spaces throughout the the city. And I think a lot of that is important because we know that food access and land access are in short supply here in Mankato, um, and so we want to be able to provide spaces that people can come together and grow their own food. Um, but in addition to that, provide a space. When we say community growing space, we mean that also in the figurative sense of wanting to make sure that people can uh, come and grow community, can be around each other, can share ideas, can uh, share tips, can eat together. Um, and so I think we're we're kind of at this this change right now where we're figuring out where our next steps might likely be. We uh, were born out of the School Sisters of Notre Dame, even though we're non-denominational. And we want to make sure that that legacy that they started at Good Council is able to continue on for as long as we can possibly do that. And I think that that uh, looks like creativity in getting out into the community and spreading spreading seeds in different <laughs> locations, if that makes sense. So currently the community gardens up on Good Council Hill are still in operation. Correct. Years ago, I had uh, one of those plots. Or was it two? One. I don't know. Two plots, I believe it was up there. So, And that was different for me because I came from a a big farm where Mm -hmm. we used to till everything with big equipment, you know, and up there they said, well, no, you can't use a tiller. You have to turn the soil over. And back then I didn't really understand why? I'm like, well, that's so much more work. Mm-hmm. But having gone through and being educated, realizing how about there's so much connectivity and microorganisms in the soil yeah. and, and things like that, that it's so much more healthy. And, and that started for me way back then learning from the Good Council Hill Gardens. Yeah, it, it's it's we we run what's called a no-till operation mm-hmm. in that, you know, maybe initially when you're first starting a garden and you need to at least break ground, you know, you, a tiller is acceptable. Um, but no, nobody, no, it wasn't when I was. <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> no, no. When I started up there, it was, it was it was all by hand. It was all by hand. Yeah, we we still pra- I mean, we still practice that yeah, in the yeah. sense of um, when when you're coming in, uh, we look at how do you uh, how do you add good things into the soil in order to create those and uh, create those relationships, those symbiotic relationships with them, um, with the microbiome and everything along those lines? And if you're if you're tilling something, it's bringing all of that up to the surface. And oftentimes, especially if you, depending on when you till it, if there's any wind um, or any type of rain, all of those important organisms um, wash away or blow away, and they create a lot of other problems in other areas as well. And so um, we are a no-till uh, garden. Garden and farm, um, meaning that uh, yes, everything is is mm-hmm. done by hand. But w- more than anything, what we encourage is adding leaves and compost and other things that we know, uh, including um, you know cover crops and things along those lines. That if you gently turn over, they actually add to that soil. And I would say, up at Good Council, this has been a practice that's been going on since the '90s. Right. And the soil up there is some of the best soil I would say in in the county for sure. Oh, I believe um, that it yeah. requires n- nothing. I mean, you can just kind of dig into it and plant right down. Um, and so it's a highly sought after place to grow perfect tomatoes. And that was my first introduction to compost mm-hmm. too, because I was never used to putting compost on things, mm-hmm. you know, just like, well, I'll go buy something in a bag and I'll sprinkle it on mm-hmm. top. And, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, this really, it makes sense once you learn about how it interacts and how it works. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to do a quick plug for Mankato Zero Waste here because we actually partner with Mankato Zero Waste at the community farm. 
um, in that uh, people who uh, dispose of their uh, their house uh, food waste it, yes. it goes to um, a a plant that uh, turns it into compost and what I love is that that compost um, a portion of that compost is actually delivered or donated okay. to the community farm and so I want to promote this concept of composting to the Mankato community because it, it's actually going into creating more food for people who actually need it um, so throwing away the banana peel instead of putting it in the garbage if you put it into a com uh, the zero waste bins that are dispersed all throughout Mankato, um, it actually comes back and we use that compost uh, to grow food. And that food at the community farm is actually donated to Echo Food Shelf, um, Feeding Our Communities Partners, Cata House, and a number of other organizations that work with food insecure populations. And so it's this really cool integrated system that I think is really important to note that um, by, by feeding yourself and by being smart about your feeding choices and disposal practices, you can actually help somebody else have healthy food. And so um, I'm a huge proponent of compost, generally speaking, um, composting tea, figuring out interesting plants that you can make that composting tea. Um, comfrey is one of my favorite plants to, to do that. Um, but at the same time, uh, also looking and working as a community to make sure that we can provide healthy soil practices in, in larger spaces. So where where can you compost your food then? If So let's say I I'm, don't know where to throw my banana peels. I mean, right now, honestly, I throw them out by my roses and that oh, helps yeah, them. Helps. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But, you know, let's say I don't have roses, but I do. Um, it, what, where can people do that? Yeah. Um, if you go online and you look at, um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I, I'm, I'm a, I, I work with Mankato Zero Waste, but I'm not, an, okay. I guess, an official spokesperson. But what I, what I would say is if you, if you go online and look up Mankato Zero Waste, um, you can actually find uh, the proper types of composting bags that you can get. And then you all you do is you have a little side container and mm-hmm. you put all your compost in there. Um, and then there's a number of drop sites. I know one is for sure at Sibley Park. Um, and you go and you put your, you know, we, my family does it once a week. Um, or if you have the space, you can start your own compost in your backyard. And that's been really fun uh, to watch how you add, you know, add different things. And the biggest thing to, to know is that you normally wouldn't uh, put any type of uh, dairy or meat into, into with those kinds of fats, right. the fats, um, yeah. just they don't break down well. They they have a lot of um, smell, smell, <laughs> and other things that maybe we don't want so much of. Yeah. Um, but anything that that is what I would call you know green compost, anything uh, you know fruits, vegetables, coffee grounds, uh, things along those lines. Those are great additives uh, to soil, and they do a lot of beneficial things uh, for tomatoes for you know, whatever you're going to be growing. And in this case, if you're doing that, it's reducing a lot of your climate footprint, right? Your carbon footprint um, by not adding to the the waste mountain that uh, is, is currently occurring. Um, but it also then is going into these community organizations that are helping to provide healthy food for people in the area. And I think that's really important to note. There's a closed loop system happening and it's really, really cool. Now, I d- the reason I don't know about where to dis- mm-hmm. dispose of things is because I have my own backyard. Have your own, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. So I'm do like, I. Well, where do you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, got it. So I was just like, well, for other people listening, yeah, like, well, where do you it, 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 there's, there's certain composting bags that you can get that are acceptable. Um, and on that Mankato Zero Waste website, um, I, I know that they list the, the proper things. And I also know that if you contact them, if you have an event or something along those lines, they'll actually bring uh, a bin there and oh. then they drop it off and then figure out ways to pick it up as well. So there are a great community organization. I do want to do a plug for them because we've partnered with them over the last couple of years. And I want to tell you, it's so exciting. The community farm, when we first started uh, partnering with the the county, 
um, this was three years ago, uh, the, the site, the new community garden or farm site that we had didn't have any worms at all. Oh, I now I tell you that site, yeah. it's out by good, uh, you see from the, um, o- old highway 66, which going is, out. you see the Mount Cato, right? Yeah, Mount Cato. Yeah. And uh-huh. that, I remember when they first started that, it was just a big weedy mess and they just couldn't <laughs> keep up. It was horribly compacted, horribly. Yeah. So, yeah, it, so exciting in your newsletter, it said, we have worms. So we, we have worms. And a lot of that, it, the, the reason we have worms is because we've added leaves, yeah. we've added uh, compost, we've done cover cropping. Um, and so as a result of that, we've been able to break up a little bit of that compacted soil. Yeah. Um, and for those that maybe don't know what compacted soil is, it's, it's something, especially when it's been compressed, if heavy machinery or something has gone over it's it's really hard packed it's, it's almost hard like concrete except concrete. i mean except it's dirt but, it, and it's so hard to nothing can really grow because it needs the oxygen and things to yeah you know, it, and, and it, especially if it's clay yeah it, it can be really really difficult to grow things um and that's where worms are do the hard work for us right like they come in and they're the ones that are moving around in that soil they're eating um, a lot of the decomposing material they're going to the bathroom which then adds more of that material that we need and yep. so um, I think it's just a really important thing to note that there are ways to uh, remediate really crappy soil um, by by adding those things and those things are readily available you don't have to go out to the store you have them already in nature and that's some of the things that we try to help promote and teach people um, not only at the community farm, but also at the community garden and through a lot of the programming that we do. So how is a community farm different than the community gardens? Because like I said, yeah. I've been involved with the community gardens operating yeah. on the hilltop. And now there's this community farm that used to be, I believe, run by Blue Earth County. Yep. And I felt sorry. I remember when they first started that and just seeing what a weedy mess it was because really you couldn't really grow anything in there because yeah. it was so compacted and yeah. just awful. So how are they different and who operates and yeah. who goes there? Oh, I, I, this is a, yeah, I'm happy to share. So the community garden is uh, what I would say where, where people are growing food for themselves. We do a lot of partnering as well with other community organizations organizations like Mankato My Place, um, MRCI, um, and uh, we have also a dementia-friendly garden there as well for people with dementia and their caregivers that can come. So that is where people grow food for themselves, I would say. Um, at the community farm, there's it's two parts. We actually uh, took over management of the community farm in partnership with the county. So the county is still a, a okay. big partner in all of this, but they they wanted uh, an organization that was consistent and had a, uh, I guess was in the business of growing uh, to be able to come in and do that. So what we do there is we have volunteers uh, that come out and they help uh, plant and weed and water and harvest produce. That so is who them. are these volunteers? I mean, are they just the community, anybody? the pe- our, oh, our listeners? Yeah. Oh, okay. um, anybody who would like to come out um, and weed, water, uh, kind of get your hands dirty. We are looking, always looking for volunteers. Do they um, get produce too? Or how uh, does that they, work? They can if they want okay. um, when we have produce available. Um, and then Another thing that we're starting, this is we're in the second year of this program, is our Emerging Growers Program. And what this is, is it's a, a way in which people that wouldn't uh, have access to land now have access to land where they can grow uh, food that we're, we're hoping could eventually be sold at the farmer's market um, or food that is, um, let's say, traditionally relevant um, or culturally relevant. Um, so we have a number of growers out there right now. Um, in fact, there's 18 uh, growers uh, that are out there right now that are growing 
uh, on larger plots, um, bigger spaces of land. Um, and the idea is as they kind of get of sense and feel of the land, um, that we'll be able to have a farm stand where uh, growers can sell, you know, tomatoes, a traditional uh, Kenyan crop called managu. Um, it's also in other, uh, I guess I would say East African countries. Uh, it's it's titled different things. Um, but these are places where food that is really difficult to find, unless maybe you go up to the cities, right. we would have the ability to have people be able to grow that. And so I'm really excited that that's a program that we started two years ago. And now we're able to actually um, continue to have it going. Now, as far as when you have, I know when we were, when I was up at the community gardens or the the ones up on yep. the hill, mm -hmm. they had a family of uh, Asian folks who had their own crops that they grew that yeah. you couldn't find otherwise too. And it was interesting to me because it was a completely different type of vegetables and things that they were growing. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was neat to learn from others and find out new ways to do things. Now, the, are many of them familiar with organic methods already? Oh, so yeah. you're, you're I, working with them and hopefully maybe... Uh, absolutely. I think that we have a lot to learn from other places around the world that, that grow food. Um, the best example that I can give and, and you know, to, to be specific, uh, the groups that we see, we have a lot of different cultures kind of working up at the community garden, but, um, you know, one particular group of uh, Vietnamese or Hmong background um, grows a, a bitter melon, which is a type of uh, fruit that uh, in my, it's a, it tastes a little, I, I don't love the taste, <laughs> but what I find acquired really fascinating, taste. it's an acquired <laughs> yeah. taste. Um, but what I love is that the leaves can be harvested and dried and they actually are used to treat diabetes, which is something that I cool. found really interesting. I didn't know that until I was actually speaking to the grower. Um, another group that's actually from uh, Kenya, uh, uh, they're of Sudanese background as well. Um, they, they plant a lot of different types of uh, things kind of all together. And what was really interesting is we had a gardener once approach me and say, this plot has so many weeds. Oh. And I said, but it doesn't. Everything in here is not a weed. It's oh, it's it so it doesn't look uh, you know traditional. It, traditional. it doesn't. It's not in nice planted rows. But what's really great is that all of these different plants are in symbiotic relationship with one another. One is a nitrogen fixer. One is infusing nitrogen into the soil. The other one needs a lot of nitrogen. And all of these crops are going to be harvested. They're going to be eaten. Some might be saved. And so it's a different way of gardening that is in a lot of ways a lot more efficient. You go in and you broadcast farm, you throw the seeds kind of out and kind of let them all grow together in what looks like a mess. Um, but actually, it's it's a fantastic kind of uh, sub-ecosystem all within itself. And so there's a lot that we can learn from people that have agrarian backgrounds that are coming in from different cultures and different, um, you know, different ideas. And that's something that we want to make sure that we're promoting at both our, at all of our community growing spaces is that everyone has different ways of approaching the same result, which is having healthy food and being in, in good relationship with the land. Well, Laura, I want to make sure to plug this. So if people want to know more and actually see it up close and personal timing is perfect for having you on today because this weekend this saturday there is a community farm open house yep on the indian lake road community farm the booworth county community farm from 1 to 4 p.m let's talk a little bit about that what can people expect what when should they come yeah so one to four is when we're gonna have it um and i i think uh i, I it seems like the weather is going to be work with us this year um but it's a great event for families to come out it's a great uh way for you to kind of see what's going on out there in addition to help contribute so what we're going to be doing while we're out there is we're going to be uh, planting some flowers and also some of those early veggies um so so, so this is a hands-on 
and people can actually come Hands and do on. something or just look. Oh, they can come and look. Yeah. We we always like to say we. It, I think it's a good thing to kind of get in the in the dirt a little bit, and uh, those those microbes are actually good for everyone, no matter what. Um, we'll also do a sign painting every year. We have a, a special sign out at the farm. Um, last year it was a radish. This year <laughs> I think it might be a different vegetable. Okay. Um, we'll have kids crafts. There's going to be yard games. We're going to have solar a solar oven out there with Ooh, s'mores. Nice. Um, and then there's just going to be a lot more. I think it's it's just a great way to kind of come out, um, give back to the community, get involved, and maybe learn a thing or two uh, about uh, you know how how we can be in right relationship um, with each other and with and and with the the soil and the land. And this is a really exciting way to to make that happen. So we would love to see people out there. Um, it's on Old Indian Lake Road, or excuse me, on Indian Lake Road off of Old Highway 66. Uh, as you're going out towards Mount Cato, you'll see the the it's a uh, right off the Red Jacket Trail. There's a place that looks like uh, maybe not a farm, um, but at least a, a growing space to say the least. No. It, that is expanded because isn't it on both sides of the road out there now, or is it just on the one side? Just on the one oh, it side. Is? Okay. Yep. Just on the one side right now. So, and I will say, you know, as we move into the future with Living Our Center, I do want to just throw it out there uh, that we are looking for alternative locations, and if we know of anybody who has land that they're interested in seeing as a, a community growing space, uh, we would love to talk and and see how things can unfold. Um, we're at a point right now where uh, we're investigating. Every opportunity. So you want to replace this, or you want more land? Is what we're you're we're looking to expand, okay. and um, you know, depending on what the long term plans are for the Good Council property, um, sure. it might mean that we need to be creative about where we're where we're headed. And I think community growing spaces are essential. I think they're essential not only to be uh, in the environmental you know concept of of promoting these connections with mm-hmm. with uh with the climate with the land with the environment but also i think they're essential for food security we know that uh there with with the uh current economic situation that there are more people that are going to be facing um you know the cost of of food is is getting to the point where even people that normally wouldn't have thought about it are now thinking about right. it um and we also know that living in in good relationships with each other requires that that uh that uh, concept of being together. And I've seen the, the, this amazing thing happen at these growing spaces where people that wouldn't normally be yeah. in the same room are having conversation. They're having, la- they're sharing laughter, they're sharing knowledge. And so I, um, you know, I'll stand on my soapbox and say that I think that community growing spaces are vital uh, to the health and vibrancy of our Mankato community. And I'd like to see more of that um, and an expansion of that in the coming years. And I hope Living Your Center can be, uh, you know, a part of that, those conversations and a part of that expansion for sure. So Laura, in terms of if someone is listening to this saying, oh yeah, you know, I've got this land that's just kind of sitting, I don't do anything really with it. What would that entail? What, what, what kind of things are you looking for? Yeah, we're looking for, um, I think r- right now, anything is kind of on the table in terms of what we're looking for. I would say that, um, you know, we, we are looking for land that has, um, you know, is, uh, has the ability to be accessed. Um, you know, we we are a, a, a community space, and that people need to be able to to get um, there. To get there, yep. um, we w- we would prefer it to be in town um, or not too far outside of town. 
Um, ideally, we're looking at uh, growing into a center, an actual center where we can offer classes and um, have an integrated, not just uh, farm education and soil education, but also a community community garden and, and everything along those lines. So I would say we're looking for anywhere from, you know, five to 10 plus acres um, and, uh, you know, the possibility of, of uh, working with uh, different organizations that come in so that we can have a, a place in which people can come and learn and be educated in addition to just not just growing. You know, it, we look at it as an integrated space. So we throw that idea out there. Um, we, we have time um, and we're in the process of, of just kind of refiguring and being creative about the best ways that we can fill uh, the, the food gaps here. But also in addition to that, also having an opportunity to figure out ways that we can connect better with the local community, because I think that's what it comes down to. It's all about symbiotic relationships. How can we partner with other organizations and other places so that we can create these really strong relationships that kind of hold our community together. And I think food and uh, and growing are at the center of those types of relationships. Because hasn't the Red Barn kind of been your your it center has. for meeting and doing, yeah. et cetera? So is that still a part of? Is it that is. going to be yeah. around? We're, we still are doing classes. We still are doing events. In fact, I would say, uh, I believe it's the last Sunday of every month, uh, we are going to be doing a open mic night out oh, at wow. the community of garden. This is the garden up at Good Council. Yep. Um, and we try to have events and things along those lines where people can come together and enjoy, you know, connect in some way. And so there, there are ways that people can get involved. If they go to the, our website, it's www.livingearthcentermn, as in Minnesota, dot org. Uh, they can find all the list of all the upcoming events that we're going to be doing, where those locations are. Some of them will be at the community farm. Some will be at the community garden. Um, but we hope to see people out there uh, to get involved. We'll have workshops. There's a gardening 101 class that's also coming up. I was as just well. gonna. I was just gonna say that gardening 101 because there's a lot of people that might say, well, be afraid to garden because they don't really know or if they've never been exposed to it. So mm-hmm. you actually offer a class in that coming up on June 4th. June 4th. That's right, and, and that'll be at the community garden. Um, the big red barn. The big red barn. Uh, and what I would say to people that are just starting or maybe don't know what they're doing, I would the the phrase that I always say is, "There's no such thing um, as accidents in gardening or mistakes. It's, it's just one big experiment. <laughs> you try it, and we. I have had lots of experiments uh, in my in my lifetime, in my growing lifetime. And so I think more than anything, it involves trying things, you know, and observing and making being mistakes. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Being okay with <laughs> trying something, being like, oh, that, that that didn't work so well. Or, you know, every year is also different. What worked last year might Doesn't. have a completely different set of, of, you know, scenarios. You might not have the same sunlight. You might not have the same, um, you know, pests. Everything is Rain. connected. Rain, Rain is such a huge part. Exactly. Yeah. And and what you what's so cool about that, and that's where it ties into this concept of climate, is understanding that everything is in, within relationship with one another. And so what might be a rainy year this year will have an impact on your pests will have an impact on, you know, all the other things. And what's so cool about being in a garden or being in an outdoor space is you have the ability to observe. And I would advise people if they have access to an outdoor space, um, even if it's a public space, 
to go back to one location every year, every week and observe and just see what are all the different things that are changing and what's impacting that. And what you realize is that we're part of an interconnected system and it makes our um, ability and desire to to do the right thing, to do good things within those the relationship within that system um, all the more inherent. And so I, I think it's a good thing. Gardening is a good thing. It helps our souls. It helps our bodies. Um, it helps our relationships with each other. And it helps, yeah. Be, I was showing strong. her my muscles because I've That's been right. going every afternoon taking every afternoon off working in the garden yeah. and and boy I was kind of a little sedentary this winter but man getting out there it's uh-huh. just like all of a sudden I'm just revitalized. Well, they call it farm fit for a reason. Yes you know? that's it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I now, think it's good. You mentioned the gardening 101. I see it's being taught by one of our own Minnesota River Valley master gardeners mm-hmm. uh, Mary Walker who's yes. a fabulous fabulous uh, person. So that's and Sun- also a community gardener. Sorry. Yeah oh mm-hmm. is she too? Okay mm-hmm. yep. Sunday June 4th at 5 to 6 30 p.m. so uh, that's at the Big Red Barn too. And I know it's a free class as well. Yeah, free Mm -hmm. is good. Mm -hmm. And you also, you mentioned having a center, but you're having a new open office open house. So now this is something that's, you're having an open house. You have a lot of things coming up. I know we got a lot happening. Thursday, June 1st, it says there's a noon to three Living Earth Center office, which I did not know you had an office except the Red Barn. So what's this about? So we used to be located in the School Sisters of Notre Dame Good Council campus. Right. And we are, you know, we've migrated off of that. We now are located at 1603 North Riverfront, which is right off of Riverfront and May Street, right down the hill, not far. What is that by? Maybe um, that it's Discover Chiropractor uh, is the building that we're located in. We actually share a building, um, and we have a, our new office space there. and And I do want to just do a quick plug that there is a library. We have a lending library where people can come in at any type of book uh, about gardening or climate uh, environmental we people are free to check out we also have a lending to a tool lending library where people who oh. want to come in and if they want to rent a food dehydrator or a uh, any type of uh, food processor um, we, uh, in addition to uh, you know uh, canning materials and things like that those are expensive right and we have the ability for people to come in and rent those out so oh, if you come into that. our office in addition to sitting down and talking with the uh, the office staff is usually a really fun group um, if you ever are interested in coming in and renting out some of those books or lending those books or some of those tools um, you're more than welcome that to. is something I was not aware of at all either yeah. I know when when I was up at the gardens you had shovels and tools those kind of th- mm. tools that you could borrow and use but yeah. these are you're talking yeah. food, food processing. processing tools and and things like that so um, so yes the open house will kind of be a way that we can uh, we're going to do a ribbon cutting with a, a pair of garden shears um, <laughs> and basically say you know this is kind of the next step in in our um, growth process and we're well supported by the school sisters of Notre Dame um, they're with us and in, in a lot of their legacy um, sure. but now we're kind of stepping off the the hill kind of stepping out I, I uh, relate us to like teenagers that are kind of you know we've now we're stepping out of the house and kind of on our own and it's a really exciting time so we'd like to have everyone come up I think we're gonna have a food truck um, we're gonna have uh, planting of flowers and things along those lines. Uh, there'll be music. There'll be joy. Um, and this it's is just for the office open house. Office open house. Because there's so many, because we've got, okay, so I want to make sure yeah. people know this weekend, Saturday 1 to 4 at the Blue Earth Community County Community Farm at Indian Lake Road. That is is going to be this Saturday. Correct. That's the farm opener. Yes. Uh-huh. And then the open mic night is Sunday, May 28th. You said every 4th. I think it's the last Sunday. Last correct. Sunday of the mm-hmm. month, okay, and that's going to be happening at the Big Red Barn, and then the the 
office open house is going to be Thursday, June 1st, and that's where we're going to have a bunch of stuff and, at the Riverfront site. Yep, and that's that's for people to come kind of during a lunch hour and okay. everything. So it's 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 laid back. Um, the idea is that we just want to have connecting points as much as we can with as many people. Um, and, uh, you know, c- connect, cultivate this concept of connection and talk about, you know, if people are interested in doing certain workshops, we want to know about it. We want to know what we can provide. So and we've been chatting with Laura Marcella Peterson, who is the director of the Living Earth Center here in the Mankato area. And they have got a lot of things going. They have a newsletter that's got a lot of great information, including all the things we talked about. How can people get signed up and connected with that newsletter? Because that's how I know all about this stuff. Yeah, uh, they can either uh, send them an email to info at livingearthcentermn.org saying, I want the newsletter, or I want more info, or I want to volunteer. Or they can go onto our website, and there's a way that they can connect. Uh, it's www livingearthcentermn.org and you can say um, put me on the newsletter there's an option there to connect more um, and or you can come to our events and those are the other ways that you can meet the community you can meet our staff we have a great staff this year um, just a lot of good people who are uh, working to to do what we think is good work and we hope that we can partner with more organizations and individuals in the future thank you so much Laura we appreciate all that info I learned a lot of interesting things I hope yeah. our listeners did as well yeah I, I can I give one more plug yes of, you can. I would just say we're in the middle of our give to grow campaign as well oh. and I we're a nonprofit and I would be remiss if I didn't just give a plug that in order for us to continue to do what we do we rely on generous uh, generous donations so if maybe if you're not able to get out to some of the events, uh, but you believe in what we're doing, you can also go online and, and send a donation. And that uh, Give to Grow campaign goes all the way through August this year. So uh, we're always needing it and um, grateful and uh, accepting of, of all donations, big and small. So thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate it. This has been Every Day is Earth Day, supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where you're part owner. Member NCUA, more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.